everyone. Welcome back to Attitude, the podcast, or welcome if this is your first time. Uh, My name is Nika. I am your host. Attitude, the podcast is pretty much just about anything, but usually content. Um, Every week I'll be reviewing a movie or a book or a soundtrack or an artist or anything. This podcast is really just whatever I want to talk about. Um, And um, so this week, that topic is Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Um, I had a really great conversation with one of my friends, Daniel, um, who is really into film, is a film ma- is a film major and a filmmaker. So he has a lot of really great insights into film, uh, which was really great to hear uh, from someone who doesn't necessarily have that same skill set. Um, but I just wanted to jump in really quick in the beginning to mention that, um, still working through some kinks with the audio. So the audio isn't as super clear as I would have liked, but, um, you can still hear the gist of the conversation. So I hope you all enjoy. I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, and I would love to hear your thoughts about this podcast and about the movie. Is this a movie you liked? Did you like all the music? Because I definitely did. Um, I would love to hear your opinions. So without further ado, let's just get right on into the episode. So before we get into it, I think it would be great if we read a quick summary of the movie, just so everybody can get on the same page about what the movie's about, and then we can dive into our thoughts about it. Um, So the summary on Netflix is Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Decades after his apprentice betrays him, a once joyful toy maker finds new hope when his bright young granddaughter appears on his doorstep. I don't know how someone distilled this entire movie into literally one sentence, but <laughs> they did they did an amazing job because that was such a beautiful one-word summary. But yeah, what were your thoughts of the movie as a whole? Like just super high level like what was your impression of the movie um well i think right off the bat i think just starting with the obvious it's just really good to see a christmas movie in particular that's kind of like dominated by a predominantly people of color cast predominantly black people Mm -hmm. um i think it was just really interesting to see and not just see you know, black people in this movie, but to kind of see our culture, our mm-hmm. heritage, our identity being represented in the the art, the style, the art direction, the set decoration, and all those things, there was kind of like, there was a lot of care put into those things to kind of create this really immersive world. And I think that they did that. It was, mm-hmm. it was phenomenal. Um, I like the characters. I like the story. I think... It's really nice that they kind of captured the Christmas magic, but mm-hmm. just telling it through a story medium that we don't really always get to see. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I think um, I did a fair. I did some research looking into the movie, and like we, you know, you and I like watched some interviews with the cast and like the people who worked on it before. Um, but David E. Talbert, who like directed the movie, produced the movie, wrote the movie. Um, he's always talking about that and talking about how like he grew up watching like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and like, um, you know, Mary Poppins and things like that. And he just like wanted to see, he, he wanted to see that like people of all colors and people of all backgrounds could be represented in this like fantastical, magical like world and that we all have magic. 
I was like, this story is great on its own without all of that. And then I think adding that takes it to like a whole another level and just makes it like, you can tell that he put a lot of himself into the movie. Um, and yeah, you talked about like how they put so much of like black culture and into the movie and it's in, it's in every, it's in the fabric of the entire movie, like in the fabric, literally of the clothes, (laughs) like they literally (laughs) like, like there's all these like African prints and, but it's like takes place in like the 1800s. So they have like the Victorian like aspect to it too. Um, they did a really good job like blending that together. Um, and something that I noticed while watching it and then like while watching some of the interviews is like they all the shops in the um in the town like where they live were all named after like prominent black inventors or things like that like and then they had the um the north star newspaper was like one of the Mm -hmm. things and that's like frederick Douglass's newspaper so he's just like david e talbert just like is dropping things like throughout the entire yeah, movie everywhere. and like there's one part where geronicus okay so the main character is named geronicus there's we're getting ahead of ourselves but there's this <laughs> one there's we haven't even talked about any of the characters in the movie there's this one part where geronicus he like he has a suitcase and he like lifts it up and like one of the stickers on the suitcase is like from wakanda mm. yeah so it's like a really Good like eye. nice yeah I, well i didn't notice that the first time around i'm not gonna <laughs> lie and then i watched an interview where they called it out and then i watched it again and i was like oh there it is like, like there's Wakanda. There's so much stuff. And like, I, it felt like every time, like I would see something in the movie and I would be like, I'm going to Google that and I'm going to see if it means something. And then it always means something because nice. David E. Talbert is just like amazing in that way. Um, but anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about like the actual movie. Um, so I think the first thing we can talk about is the cast because, so the first scene of the movie is this grandmother character, like, starting to tell her grandkids the story of Geronicus Jangle. I mean, and the grandmother is literally Felicia Rashad. <laughs> like, she's, <laughs> she's literally Mrs. Huxtable. Yeah. And I, like, it's so, because, it's, so you're already, you're five minutes into the movie and you're already, like, blown away. Like, you're already like, okay, so what is this movie going to give me when, like, Felicia Rashad, Rashad is in the first five seconds of the shot? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's just a real testament to, like, the talent and the cast that were involved in this movie like it's For just sure. every time you turned a corner you were like oh so forrest whitaker's in this movie like oh so keegan michael key's in this movie <laughs> like literally everyone is in this movie um but i think it just that just makes it and then even the characters that aren't well known like there's two children characters in the show and that's like the first in the first time they've ever acted or their first roles or whatever and they're amazing they're like, adorable I think, yeah and they're really good like they're good actors like they're not just like kids like they're they're really good um so um that's the first scene of the movie and then next we go into like getting introduced to Geronicus Jangle um and we learn about him and his toy shop. And then we learn about his Dronicus and then his wife. And they have a daughter, Jessica. Um, and they also have another um, person that works in the shop with them, Gustafson. Um, and then that it goes into the first song of the movie, which is This Day. Um, which I think sets the movie off on this amazing note. Like it's an amazing, like a beautiful note. And... The, and the the music in this movie is is so good and I mean it's like it's all written by John Legend like of course it's good like that's like another <laughs> it's like another person that's like just showing up and being so good um but yeah then you know then it just is this really big cast number where everybody's just singing and happy because um Geronicus what has happened is Geronicus has gotten like he's been waiting for like a part or an ingredient for a toy he's been working on 
Um, and he finally gets it. And then he sings this like beautiful joyous song about how like, this is the day where like his whole life is going to change. And I think it just sets off on like this really amazing, hopeful note where you're like, yeah, this is the day everything is going to change. <laughs> like Geronicus's life is going to be completely different. Um, so, you know, what were your thoughts about like the entrance of the movie and like the beginning of the, how it, like how it began? Um, I have to say, I was a, I was really intrigued by the composition of the, the opening musical line. Um, as far as musical goes, I can't say I'm a musical buff. I don't typically look for things like that, but I welcome them anyway if they're there. And I, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I especially enjoyed it because there aren't many musicals that I can say look like this. Mm-hmm. But I think even on top of that... Um, and then we mentioned John Legend. The music was just, it was really good. And you kind of wanted to root for these characters. You wanted to know more about them. You wanted to really care about the things they care about so deeply. So I enjoyed it. I mean, I think it sets off where the movie is going um, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great note. And I mean, I love musicals. I grew up doing musicals. Like musicals are like right in my wheelhouse. That's why I was so excited to talk about this. Because I was like, <laughs> I love musicals. I'm obsessed with them. And this is a great musical. <laughs> like This is so good. I read that um, David, e. in one of the articles I read, David E. Talbert said he's like trying to make this into a Broadway musical. And I feel like wow. it would just, I feel For like sure. it makes so much sense on For Broadway. Sure. It makes so much sense. Um, so I'm going to be first in line when that comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel, you can come with me. Um, so anyway, so, um, this day happens and then, um, Geronicus finally gets this like last piece for this toy he's working on. And this toy is like a little matador. Um, and the toy is apparently very smart and like finds out that Geronicus wants to make like a million of him and he wants to be like the little toy wants to be like the only one um so he tricks gustafson who's like kind of like he's an inventor like geronicus but he's like not as good he's like geronicus's apprentice um and he kind of tricks him into like stealing him and stealing um all of geronicus's like old or geronicus's like plans for his new toys um and after that there's like a little transition scene which I love these transition scenes they did because they were like this like animatronic like stop motion kind yes, of thing and was, I think it was a it really was it was a really good way to show the passage of time. Yeah. Like to show like how they were moving from like okay this is now and then the next scene is going to be them when they're a lot older. Yeah. Um but that was really sad and I think it was a really interesting emotional kind of roller coaster because you go from this high where Geronicus is like this is finally the moment like my life is going to be come together and like the at the end of the song he like says to his daughter he's like what what is that thing you wanted and she's like i don't know and he's like i'll give you everything like because he's just like and, like him and his wife and his daughter like they're finally going to be together and then um everything gets taken away because gustafson like takes the doll and like runs away and um yeah it was like really it was really sad and then we we end up moving into a, a time when geronicus is a little is a lot older and we learn that his wife has passed and his daughter has moved away because he kind of just couldn't be a father anymore. And I think that's something that David E. Talbert did a really good job with is like all of the emotions we feel are like real emotions. Like people have gone through that. Like people have gone through love and loss and all that stuff. And like, even though it's set in this fantastical setting, like that made me sad. Like I was really sad. And because it was just seeing this character who you'd seen, like they were finally going to get everything they ever wanted. And then it's just all gone. 
Yeah, um, I think picking up on that, one of the things I think that makes this movie interesting is it's it's kind of like unraveling of its own conflict. Um, we weren't we were given reason enough to understand why what was it Gustavus? Gustafson. Gustafson. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have reason enough why he would feel neglected. You know, um, mm-hmm. I always think to like little moments, like how do the characters really feel in these small scenes where we might not be paying attention to them, but mm-hmm. as big of a day as Jeronicus had, like his apprentice kind of felt really ignored that day mm-hmm. and didn't really get the appreciation he was kind of looking for. And I don't think that validates him stealing Jeronicus's work, but that conflict kind of had a a lot of recoil damage on everybody involved. And I think what's interesting about this movie is that my first impression watching it, I thought the conflict was really deep. I thought it it dropped off the deep end. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and it, I think it's it was a little unsettling to watch because it was it was this fantastical magical world but i don't think we always talk about the pain the the conflict the trauma the like mm-hmm. dark underside to christmas that is a reality for a lot of people and mm-hmm. i think seeing kind of jeronicus as this old twisted man almost like a shell of his former self even the way he interacted with his um I don't know if we mentioned her character, his uh, granddaughter who comes into his mm-hmm. life. Yeah, Journey. The, the trauma within him was still very much so there. Mm-hmm. And I think only due to his daughter's kind of like childhood whimsy and uh, wonder that she could dispel that. But I don't know. I don't think that there was anybody else who could have saved him. Right. Her. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's been, it's been clear like the, I mean, they... They literally cast Forrest Whitaker, like an amazing actor, as to play Geronic. <laughs> literally another one um, to play Geronicus, and he's obviously a lot older than the man who plays Geronicus in the beginning of the movie. Um, so you can tell there's been a passage of time, and like you know, the daughter in the beginning is like a fully grown woman with her own daughter, Journey, and um, Journey. Yeah, Journey. Yeah, which is a great name. I mean, like the movie is literally called Geronicus Jangle: A Christmas Journey, and then the, the, the main character is called Journey, and she's amazing. I mean, the actor who plays her is just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, like you see this passage of time, and you see how it is. I mean, they even showed it in the set, like the Jangles and Things, which is the shop that Geronicus, um, the toy shop that he owned, becomes like a pawn shop, and it's like you know, it's dark in there. And like, I was noticing when I was watching the second time, like there's all these um, posters in there that are like children take away creativity, like all these like horrible things. And like, like... it's just, I mean, it's like even they, they even did a beautiful job of showing like how Geronicus, how Geronicus, the way he feels inside, like affected the outside. And like, it's all dirty in there and musty and there's no lights on. It completely like warped his, sense of purpose yeah and i think like i i mean i've definitely been there i don't know if you've been there but there were there are times where like you feel so down that you can't it, it, it it's like cleaning your cleaning your room or like making your bed seems like the most impossible thing to do like yeah. they're small things but like when you're in such a bad place it feels like everything feels like a, a challenge yeah and like yeah. a big challenge and it just gets harder like yeah. as the time goes on um and I think that's definitely reflected in the way that they did the set design. Um, but 
yeah, so we're back to Geronicus um, as an older man, and then Miss um, Johnston, who's the post office lady. Oh, I'm glad we got to her because I'm so snapped. <laughs> she, I think she is an amazing like second to Geronicus. Like she's not the main character; yeah. she's definitely like a a second or a third like li- like tier character. But I think she just brings like a really amazing like. I think her performance was really great because she's a silly character. Like, clearly she's very silly. Like, she's literally just, like, flirting with Jeronicus. She's constantly calling him Jerry. And he's like, can you call me Jeronicus? And she's like, no, Jerry. You're my Jerry. Like, she literally, like, she won't call him Jeronicus. But also, like, she talks about how she was a widow, too. And, like, that she understands him. And I think it's hard to play a character that's, like, the stupid, funny side character that also has that depth. And you know what's interesting about that? You can really hear that in her music, in her range, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's a lot of soul, there's a lot of passion, but there's a lot, also a lot of pain behind that. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, again, just going back to, the, back to that, we don't always... I think we're quick to ignore the uglies of what actually happens in Christmas, but I can't not see that a lot of these characters in the story were really in pain yeah and they all needed each other yeah and i think them coming together and like actually believing in each other and having faith in each other is like what again not to get too ahead of ourselves but like is like what like (laughs) brings them all out of that and like like love and all that stuff um but anyway so geronicus is so we meet um Mrs. Jo- Miss Johnson, who is this amazing, she's the post office lady, so she literally is like driving around her little like, <laughs> like picking up packages and stuff, like it's amazing. Um, and she does this amazing song where she's like flirting with Geronicus and then literally background dancers pop up. Like it's the most Broadway musical TV thing I've ever seen in my life. And like Geronicus is even like, you have background dancers? <laughs> like he literally calls them out. And I was like, this is just, this is just so good. Um, so then Journey, we get introduced to Journey. And she kind of just, like, she sings this song about how she feels like she's the only one. Like, she kind of feels alone. But, and, like, so throughout the movie, they have this, like, all the, like, inventor people or, like, the toy people, they have this kind of, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's kind of, like, they, like, conjure up math in their heads. Oh, my God. So (laughs) this, this is definitely, like, I want to say, outside of everything that has happened in this movie. This is by far my favorite aspect of it. Mm-hmm. They kind of like the magic system that they that we interpret in this movie. I think is really what ties it all together. Mm-hmm. It's what really made Veronica's Jangle special in the beginning, and we didn't even really need to see the, him using the magic to understand that. We saw the magic in everything around him. We saw the magic in his wife and his daughter and everyone in the store. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his daughter kind of inheriting that is like, it's really special. Yeah. Um, I think it really like, and I, I, I always love stuff like that where they visualize mm-hmm. uh, just magic in a very like unique way that it's only, only they have that, you know? Yeah. And so it really kind of hones in, you know, the, the young granddaughter journey, she is in a very similar position like him. There's nobody else who will really understand what they do better than him. So Yeah, and I, I definitely don't think it's a coincidence that it's like essentially math. 
like it's literally like the square root of this the double the x square of root this. Of possible yeah. yeah yeah like it's literally like but I, I mean you know they could have made that anything right they could have made it spells they could have made it writing they could have made it food like they literally could have made the magic element yeah. anything but they made it math and they made it science and i think that's really cool like that sends a really cool message i mean any any magic would have been cool like that's not yeah we would have eaten it up regardless <laughs> yeah yeah we could literally we would like be obsessed with it even like literally anything but like i think that's awesome like you're sending like the 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 equations they put up are like actual equations like yeah, it's complex it has its own depth its own meaning and i think that type of ubiquity add, just it just adds more to the depth of the story but it also shows like in a lot of the other things that we've already discussed there was a lot of care put into the movie yeah and i mean if i were a kid and watching that like a kid kid i would be like okay mom what's the square root of possible like can yeah. we do this math <laughs> like i want to learn math now let's like, figure this out yeah and that's so cool that's that's really cool um, but yeah, so she sings a song kind of about how like she's alone and like she's the only one who can do this like magic thing, and so she ends up going to see her grandpa, who's Euronicus, and I think she brings such a light to the movie, and I think they did a I I love the one thing I love the most about her character is that she she's a little kid but she never wavers on faith, like yeah. there are so many times during the movie where she like I wrote down some like quotes she said like there's one where there's one where another character like they're work this is getting ahead of ourselves but like there's like a toy they're working on and another character is like what makes you think you can get it to work and she says well there's nothing that says i can't and like throughout the whole movie she's just like trying to get jeronicus to believe mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. constant like she never literally never i mean she has a whole song called like the square root of impossible is me like she's literally like i am everything like i can do anything i set my mind to and she never wavers. Like, there's never a moment in like she shows doubt in the sense of like, uh, like I need to think about it or I need to get it to work or we need yeah. to work together or. But she never has a moment where she's like, I can't do this. And you want to know? I'm touching on that. I I will say, a child that's so reassured. Is this is something I definitely looked at too, you know, Jeronicus's family in a lot of ways was the source of his, his passion and his happiness. Um, and it fueled his magic. And I think we, we all see in the story that losing his wife is a big component of his life kind of falling apart. But we also don't really discuss the fact that Journey doesn't really have a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who kind of, I feel like, empathize with that experience, it's interesting. What's most interesting about it is that we know that the cycle of trauma followed uh Geronicus's daughter that's the reason why she left it's so it's beautiful to see that another generation has passed down from her and her daughter has still managed to kind of inherit that magic that hope that faith um mm-hmm. and I think regardless her mother did a really great job raising her yeah like even despite everything that their family had lost yeah definitely and I think that there's a real strength in her like and she carries the movie and she carries every like character honestly like she like i mean you know it's a christmas movie so you can obviously tell at the end there's like a good resolution but like she's the reason that like he like you know jeronicus finds himself again but anyway um a guy comes from the bank and kind of tells him like listen like you're overdue on your loan like you have to pay like you have to because like they gave him a loan to like 
run the shop or whatever and like on the promise that he would create something like spectacular that's like never been seen before and because he's lost all this faith and he can't like like he tries to do his like like there's this thing in the do where they like rub their hands and like blow on them and then that's how they can like get to their like special magic equation land um (laughs) and um he like can't do it because he has like for like peter pan where like tinkerbell like she can't like you have, we have to clap so we can believe in her. Like it's the same thing. Like your energy comes from that belief and that faith, and he just doesn't have it anymore because he lost everything. Um, but yeah, so he's like kind of trying to figure out what he's gonna do. He's like trying to f- find a new toy, and Journey, like he's like writing all these equations, and Journey's like, no, 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 you have to like raise the thing. Like she like is like correcting yeah. <laughs> him, and he's like, you know what this is? <laughs> she's like, yeah, and he's like, okay, what about this? And then she's like, well, it would be this. Like like they're like playing back and forth, and I think it's a really like. You can tell the journey's trying to connect with him and he's kind of being like like a little like off kilter about it, but there's still like there's so many similarities between them. Like there's so yeah. much familiarity. Um so anyway, then we get to we meet adult Gustafson, who's played by Keegan Michael Key. And I what this is like I had just every turn I was like, okay, we have literally Felicia Rasad, then we have um Forrest Whitaker, and now we have Keegan Michael Key. Like, like everybody's in this off. movie. Um <laughs> I mean, he's great at playing Gustafson. I think he plays him really well. But um, so Gustafson is like, you know, showing off his new toy. Um, and we find out that he's like, he's been making all of Geronicus's old toys. Like all the toys that Geronicus had in his um, like notebook, book, notebook yeah, that, that, that Gustafson stole. Um, and he's made them all. So there's none left. And so they're trying to figure out what's what's next. And he's kind of like wavering on that. Um, sorry? Oh, Gustafson, I don't have, like... Oh, yeah, 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 Gustafson doesn't have anything, yeah. Yeah. And the little, I don't remember that little mariachi man's name, but, uh, Matador, rather, but, um, I'm not mariachi, wow, Matador, um, (laughs) I don't remember his name, but, um, yeah, he's, like, he's such a, I think it's a weird dynamic between them, because, like, he's a little toy, but, like, he's, like, telling Gustafson, like, an adult what to do, it's very weird. Yeah, Um, no, Gustafson is definitely someone who suffers from insecurity, and... mm -hmm. I'll address my main point. We can keep going. Okay. Yeah, we can come back to it. Yeah. But yeah, so he's kind of trying to figure out what to do. Um, and uh, he kind of finds out that they... So Journey and then um, Gustafson has another apprentice named Edison. And his name's Edison Latimer, which I think is amazing because Latimer is the black inventor that kind of made the... Essentially made the light bulb. Like Edison, you know, whatever. Thomas Edison. Um, which again, it's literally like another one of the million points that David E. Talbot puts in this movie. Um, but they kind of, Edison is a funny character because I think he's he's like, he's really into being Geronicus's like apprentice, but he's also not as good as Journey. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he, he doesn't have the confidence that Journey has or the, the raw talent, but he definitely has the passion. Yeah. And I think that's why we love him. Yeah, we do. Because also I think he's he's literally just trying to be a goody-goody. Like, Journey sneaks into Geronicus' old workshop, which he hasn't True. been in forever. And Edison is like, um, you need to go. Like, you can't be here right now. Like, I'm the <laughs> apprentice. You're not. Like, go away, Journey. And she's like, no. And then they find... So they find the Buddy 3000, which is, like, the toy that Geronicus tries to make after Gustafson has, like, taken all of his stuff. And, like, that's the toy that his daughter, um, Jessica, had, like, came up with. Uh, but he can never make it to work and then they end up making it work and they end up flying which is like beautiful moment i mean just like the like 
you know, it wasn't working and um, Edison is like, oh, I did, how did you get it to work? And he's like, oh, like, uh, or, and the Buddy 3000 is like, oh, I could always work. You just had to believe. And I actually, like, okay, another thing I found out, which this is crazy. You're going to die when I tell you this. So I was watching the movie and on the Buddy 3000, like around the eyes, it says Elias 260. And I was like, I don't know what that means. So I like Googled it. And um, David E. Talbert's son is named Elias. And when the Buddy 3000 toy was like made from a drawing that um, David E. Talbert's son made. And oh, wow. yeah, so he like took this drawing and then like made it into the character. Um, That's amazing. And it's named the Buddy 3000 because da- uh, David E. Talbert loves Andre 3000. Wow. So yeah, so he was like, literally, I'm telling you, every time I looked at the movie, I was like, it says Elias 260. I wonder what that means. And like in any other movie, it would be like, oh, we needed a name. But like in this movie, it's like, this is my son's drawing and he, <laughs> I love on, like it literally has so much, which is amazing. But like, it just shows how much care he put into the movie. But anyway, the Buddy 3000 is this amazing toy. And oh, also there's a part where like, you know how like, you know how Buddy 3000, um, he, he starts because like you push a thing into his belly. Yeah. Like, like a, in his like chest a, kind a, of. A gadget. You like push Yeah, it's like a gadget, a gizmo or whatever, and you like push it into his chest and then you like believe and like that's how it works. It was supposed to represent like Geronicus's heart like coming back. And I'm like every like literally like you feel like you watch this movie and then you read about it and you're like, I didn't actually watch this movie. Like (laughs) there were so many things I missed because of how this movie worked. Um but anyway. So the Buddy 3000 and then uh, Gustafson like sees the Buddy 3000 like because he's being cre- creepy and he's like spying on Geronicus. Um, and so then um, we get this song that Geronicus um, sings when he like he walks in on them like playing around and he's like go like go to bed like blah blah blah. And he walks in on them playing with Buddy and then he sings this song over and over um, which pretty much just talks about like how he lost all this potential. And like he talks, he's like, why, like, why is my life like this? And he, he says, this one quote I wrote is, he says, I love to remember, but it's hard to remember because remembering won't bring back those days. And I mean, we've talked a lot about like him and like him losing his faith. And, but like, I'm sure a lot of people, especially right now, like during Christmas and during the pandemic and stuff, like you have memories of, christmas or new year's or like the holidays and maybe they look different for you this year maybe someone who was there last year isn't here anymore and like you love to remember right like you love to look back but it's hard because you have to just come to to terms with the fact that the life you lead now is is, isn't the same and and it might be worse or it might might hurt more yeah and i think like all the songs have kind of been like a little bit more fun or like they kind of bring the plot along a little bit more, but this one I think is this like one was more dynamic. Yeah, just because the range of emotion it's it's deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I I won't go as far to say it's a sad song, but it definitely pulls at your heartstrings. Yeah, and it, it's supposed to. Yeah, and I think it, it it we've already I think the way that the movie has portrayed Jonicus so far has kind of been like a grumpy old man. And you feel like there's you you feel more anger from him than anything else. But then this song kind of shows you like there's actually like a lot of sadness and like it comes from not only feeling like he lost his potential, right? Like he felt like his life was about to explode in, into this amazing way, and it 
just crumbled like with something out of his control yeah and i'm sure that's something a lot of us feel right now like our lives have changed forever because of something completely out of our control um and you know he remembers a life before with his child and with his wife and that's like all gone um so i think that that one really hurt honestly (laughs) it was really (laughs) tough but um before that journey had sang her square root of possible song which you forgot to talk about but i think that's just like a beautiful like character song for her like she's literally like i am everything she was like i'm the square root of possible and the square root of impossible is me like she's like i am all things and all things are me it's beautiful oh so then there's this like really creepy scene where gustafson like comes and tries to like get the buddy 3000 from journey oh yeah and he like corners her in the hallway and she's like um bye that was bad (laughs) and i just thought that that was a really good example of like journey is like everything because she she even could tell from like across the she could see Gustafson and she was like, nah, like, you're not, we're not messing around. Yeah, that was, that was scary to watch. Yeah. Just because, I don't know, we, we knew that Gustafson could be, like, thieving and deceptive, but I think when you go out of your way to push your aggressive agenda, you kind of, like, I, I, and I think what's interesting about him I know we plot wise we're we have a scene where he uh successfully steals a toy mm-hmm. away from the house uh and then it's journey's decision for them to chase after it, and it's because of her that they manage to rescue the toy back and they make it back home. I think something that's really interesting about his character is that we're obviously not supposed to like him mm-hmm. and However, I can't help but feel like it's easy to empathize with him in the beginning because, you know, I think for Geronicus and how the story presents itself in the beginning, he always has an apprentice. Um, mm-hmm. He had Gustafson in the beginning. He has Latimer in the end. He has his granddaughter, Journey. But... I feel like Gustafson kind of represented the son that he never had. Yeah. And the, I think the moment where Gustafson is kind of like apprehended and arrested for stealing the plans, the blueprint for his uh, toy project, mm-hmm. that Geronicus is like, I want you to know that that day it didn't end in malice. Like, I, I had something for you that I wanted to give to you. Mm-hmm. And... For me, that was actually one of the saddest moments because even though he knew at that point that he, like, made a huge mistake that he couldn't go back from, to know that people still had love for him in the end, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a very mature moment for Geronicus to express and give that kind of gratitude, that peace, that kind of, like, ending to Gustafson's story that Mm -hmm. he honestly didn't deserve. Yeah. And I think that shows where Geronicus comes to at that point in the movie. Because Geronicus at the beginning of the movie would not have done that. Yeah. 100% no. Like, um, but that just shows like his growth throughout the movie. Um, but yeah, you touch on it and we can just cover it really quick. But um, Gustafson ends up stealing the Buddy 3000 and um, takes it back to his factory. So Journey and... Oh, before they go, there's this really amazing snowball fight scene Mm, that was amazing it was so fun and like i think it starts to show it shows where you know geronicus starts to like crack a little bit 
Yeah, unravel. Yeah, because like he's had this wall up for so long, and then like he gets into the snowball fight with all the neighborhood kids and with with Journey, and there's this amazing like African inspired song that plays. Yeah, the song was phenomenal. The kids were killing it. They were and so good. When he like threw the the, the snowball and then like whizzed off the wall and hit her, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Oh like it just goodness. looked like so much fun and like you can tell Jeronicus has not had fun like that in a long time yeah but like he's just playing and these kids are dancing and they're singing along to the song and I was like this is just fun like this is just a fun interlude in this movie and like shows yes. it, it starts to show more of like who Jeronicus is becoming yes um, but yeah so they end up going uh, Edison and Journey end up going to the factory and they kind of find this way to get the Buddy 3000 back and um Gustafson has tried to make the Buddy 3000 work, but he can't because of his own, like, belief and all that stuff. Like, it's just not working. And so he tries to sell it and nobody wants it. So then he, at one point, he finds out that they're in the factory. And the little Matador man is like, um, why don't you... Oh, because he he throws it out. Yeah. Because he's mad. Because It didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't supposed to work. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, it can only work if you believe in it or, like, you're the one. Like, it... It was never going to work for him. Yeah. Um, so he's, he sees them come and he's like, oh, let them go. And little Matador man is like, why would they want this if it doesn't work? Because Gustafson was like, this toy is stupid. Like, it's useless. Like, yeah. it doesn't work. And he's like, well, I'll... so I think that was something interesting. It's like, he didn't find any value in it, but like, that's because he didn't find the utility. But like, yeah. there was utility there. It just wasn't for you. Um, so they're in this like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's in like, it's like a little like, there's like all these like whirring like blades oh, and they a, have a to like, turbine, yeah, turbine, turbine. And they have to like figure out a way to get out of it. And Journey is like, you got to help us, Grandpa Jay. And he's like, I can't do it. <laughs> and he's like, she's like, yes, you can. And like, this is when we, this is when he starts to like, this is the moment like where he like finally, like he is able to like, you know, rub his hands and bl- like blow on them and like finally able to like re- come back to that moment where he can like go to his like the magical math land that we talked about earlier but he's able to work it out and he's able to get edison and journey and buddy out of the um out of the turbine and it's just this amazing moment where like they fly out of it and then edison falls flat on his face (laughs) um but buddy like buddy like kind of got broken in the process yeah trying to save them yeah and 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 um journey is like grandma jay you gotta make it work and make it work. And then at the same time, Jessica is coming to pick up Journey. Mm. And they sing this song called Make It Work. And it's amazing because it has this double meaning where it's like, make it work, like make Buddy 3000, like come back to life. But then it's also like, make it work. Like, can we make our relationship work? Like as father and daughter. Also, uh, Jessica is literally a Nikonati Rose. Like literally, literally a Disney princess. Like literally Tiana. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay, great. Thank you, David E. Talbert. Um, and so she finally makes it back to the house and they reconcile and like, she comes in like really stoically and she's like, I'm here to pick up journey. And he's like, Jessica, like, and and they, and you know, they haven't talked in all this time. And you know, Jeronicus, like he opens up this like cabinet or something and all these letters fall out. And he's like, I've written all these letters to you, but I just couldn't bring myself to send them because I think he, he felt like a failure and he felt like he couldn't be a good dad. But I think... And I think this is something that I'm sure a lot of people go through where it's like, if I can't be good enough, it's not worth doing. 
But yeah. I think for Jessica, she's like, and Journey, it's like, I would rather you just be in my life. Like, you don't have to be the perfect dad. Nobody's the perfect dad. Nobody's the perfect anything. Yeah. But his, his like, insecurity about himself stopped him from, like, reaching out to his daughter. And, like, it's amazing they've connected now. But, like, think about all the years that they've lost. Yeah. And you want to know what's interesting about that, too? Doubling down on their relationship. They touch on the fact that, like growing up and after he lost his wife he put his daughter Jessica in a really awkward position because she kind of had to play support for her own father Mm -hmm. while she was also grieving the loss of her own mother Mm -hmm. and we know that that's that's a heavy amount of that's a heavy burden for any child to deal with let alone dealing with it all by yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I completely understand why Jessica leaves but I think it the one thing that always stands out to me is when they said that she tried to she tried to give him a part of herself that she literally didn't have because what he was looking for he wasn't going to find it in her and I think that's what's so interesting about her leaving but also when she comes back and they're working together to build a toy together and Mm -hmm. she says we can probably figure it out together they never really talk about whether she has the same magic that he has but I also think that they have to, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, they're, the subtlety of that moment to me, I think yeah. is interesting because we never really. Well, I think at one moment um, she she mentions to him like, you know, she's like you. Like, that's what he says. Like, she says, like, you know, she, she has that same inventor, like magic like you. And he says, like, yeah, and like you, too. So, yeah, yeah. So I think it's like she. We, you don't see her do as much of the like magic stuff, but like the spirit is there, and it had to come. Journey had to get it from somewhere. Exactly, and yeah. I think that dynamic is is something definitely to pick up on. Yeah, absolutely. like because and I mean, like I said, like it. It's it's interesting seeing the dynamic because Jessica, at least from a child perspective, came from a two parent home up until she lost her mother, but we can only assume that Journey was given the same family dynamic mm-hmm. and she came out really well mm-hmm. like really happy really hopeful yeah and i think i think we should owe a lot more credit to jessica as a character for being a good mom but also a good daughter yeah yeah and i mean she just was just like just like geronicus they were both just like dealt with that hand like they just had something happen to them that's out of their control yeah um and I think it just shows like what you do with it is, is really what, what matters at the end. Um, but so they work together to fix the Buddy 3000 and then uh, work through the night because it's the end of the day and Journey and Edison have gone to bed. And then, um, oh my God, there's this hilarious moment right before like uh, they come back to the shop and Edison is like, well, I gotta go. Like I have to like go to, my mom's calling me. And she's like, thanks, like I couldn't, Journey says, thanks, I couldn't have done it without you. And he's like, we both know that's not true, but thanks for saying it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's just amazing, like Edison is literally like, I know that you could have literally done this entire thing without me, but thanks anyway, I'm glad that I was part of it. Um, But so then they work through the night, and then the next day, Journey comes, she finds her mom, and there's just, you can tell Geronicus is just like blossoming, and like finally they were able to fix Buddy, and everything is, you know, working. And then um, Gustafson comes with the police and they're like, you stole the Buddy 3000 from me. Like, it's my toy, like, blah, blah. And they're like, literally, shut up. Like, you're like, <laughs> like I don't know what's, like, what is wrong with you. Um, 
and Journey ends up so like she had in the beginning of the movie um, they introduced like an invisible ink. yeah Jeronicus made her like sign a contract and then she was like oh like she again so smart but like she thought that he was going to steal the plans because the way he proves it to the police is like I have the plans so obviously they stole it because I'm the one with the plans and but Journey did like put invisible ink on it and like says Jeronicus so like obviously like he stole the plans um and so then, so oh, Diego is the name of the like little matador man. And Geronicus finally, like, they get Diego and he like removes the part of Diego that like makes him uh, alive. And then, um, yeah, so like, as you mentioned earlier, like, when Gust- Gustafson gets arrested, Geronicus is like, I could have helped you. You just like, like, here's the part that, because the, during the entire movie, uh, Gustafson is trying to make this one toy work, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. And Jeronicus is like, if you had just waited, like, I would have helped you. And I think that's about patience. Like, that's about, like, you know, you shouldn't rush your time before your time comes. And, like, I think a lot of times in these types of crafts, like, in apprenticeship, but also I think in any in any aspect of life, like... You can't skip to the end because all the parts in the middle are what get you to the end, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, you can't... I would love to be an author right now with, like, ten books, but, like, you have to work. You have to work. Like, you have to do the work to get there. And yeah. you have to... If you don't write, you'll never become a better author. If you don't sing, you'll never become a better singer. If you don't make a movie, you'll never become a better filmmaker. Like, you can't skip to the end. And I think that's really shown through this. Yeah. Um, and um, but yeah, at the end, like, so Ger- so Gustafson is taken away, and then you know, Buddy comes back, and they end up like believing in Buddy, and then Geronicus ends up flying, and, and he flies with Edison, and it's like this really beautiful moment. Um, and what's her what's her name? The the postal worker lady, Miss Johnson, comes back, and she's like, "Get down from there!" And he's like, "No," <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I'm alive," <laughs> um, which is awesome, and then. So the very end. So throughout the movie, like through all the transitions of time. Oh my um, god! Yeah, we forgot about it. Yeah, (laughs) throughout the transitions of time, Felicia Rashad and um, the grandma and um, the two kids there are like telling the story. So like she pops in every now and then, and then at the very end, um, you know, Buddy like it. Buddy like comes around the corner of like the Christmas tree or wherever they're from. And the kids are like, oh, my God. And, like, the little girl has, like, the, like, magic whatever. And then so during the movie, the the girl who plays Journey, she has these, like, beautiful, like, cogs in her hair. Like, it's a kind of like a – I would say it's, like, an African-style, like, hairdo. But then it has, like, these little cogs in it that, like, show kind of, like, that stem or the, like, you know, math element of it, the science element. And then Felicia Rashad, like, moves past her – like, like – brushes her hair back and she has like these little like beautiful and when and little uh, yeah. um, little cogs in it and then the the kids are like oh my god like your it's journey you. yeah, I'm not gonna lie when the kids were like your journey I was really like she is yeah like she's journey and like, <laughs> like that moment that was the moment for me yeah it's always the full circle mm-hmm. it's that's just when everything came into perspective because I don't know like we, we saw so much of Journey's life based off of the people that kind of were in her life around her. And all of that amounted, it amounts to just a story to her grandkids. But seeing that kind of, that's her whole life. Like that's yeah. her essence right there. Yeah. And I mean, she passed that on to her grandkids. And like, 
there's this be- amazing moment where she's like, they're like, your journey? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, so Geronicus is our great, great grandfather. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. So then Buddy's there. And then they end up like flying. And they, like, they, she, she looks out the window and there's like a jangled and things like factory. Yeah. Like it's where Ghost of Sin's old factory was, but it has like a J on it. And they end up like flying there. And it's just like this like beautiful moment. And like, it's so obviously you can tell this is like a movie about magic because it's the most movie about magic type of ending. Like where they're literally just like the, the three characters are just flying. Like yeah, that's just really like sad. the end of Child, if you don't stop flipping. <laughs> <laughs> that gave me straight grandma vibes. Yeah. And it, it's the little things like that in yeah. the dialogue that I really appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think Felicia Rosado was an amazing amazing yeah. cast for that as, as everybody in this movie was cast like beautifully um but yeah i mean that's the end of the movie um so what are your like final thoughts about the movie or like your overall thoughts about the whole movie um i think one thing that i can say for certain this is definitely a piece of content that uh deserves to exist just for the sake of existing I think we're also very lucky and fortunate enough to have a really great, compelling story behind it. Um, but I think it definitely captures its own magic and kind of it shows magic in a way that we, we, we haven't really seen it before. Mm-hmm. And I think just off of that, it's I can appreciate it. I, I can say that just nothing in the movie is like anything I've seen before. And that's that's always that's always good to have people who push boundaries, who do things different, who aren't afraid to challenge the old. Um, so I'm a fan. Will I watch it next Christmas? Pro- probably. Oh yeah, I think another interesting thing is that, like you said, it's something that hasn't been done before, but it also has, like in the sense yeah, it sure, feels. Yeah. No, but I mean, like it feels. It feels like it fits in with every all those other movies, right? It feels yes. like it fits in with with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and it fits in with um, Mary Poppins, and it fits in with Peter Pan, and it fits in with all those things. But you're right that it hasn't been done in this way, and with these people at the forefront, and yes. that you know we all deserve that, and we're all better for being part, like watching a movie like this, and all, like again, like as we mentioned throughout the the episode, like all the detail that David E. Talbert puts into the movie. And I'm sure there's things that there are probably a hundred more things that I missed, like, you know, watching it. And I think that shows that not only did he take such care with this movie, but like it just, it, it's some, he does the really good job of showing something that feels familiar while also feeling new. Yeah. Because like, you know, all the fonts they use and all the like, the songs and stuff, they all sound like stuff on the radio or like Broadway, like it feels like a Broadway show. Like it, it follows that same trend, but there's so much newness to it. Like it's completely new. Like it's not a story that we've seen. Yeah. It's very experimental. And uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for experimental. Yeah. yeah, It's awesome. (laughs) And I mean, well, actually one thing I forgot to say, I, I wrote down this quote, but like at the very end when, or not the end, but like when journey and Edison make it out of the turbine, she's like, she hug, like, they all hug each other and Journey says something to Geronicus about like, oh, like I feel like so good or like we like belong together and Geronicus says, a child with an imagination always belongs. And I think there was just so many moments like that in the movie. Like there's this, in the very beginning scene, there's this, uh, or the very beginning song, there's this line that's like, um, 
brilliance beckons genius awaits. And that literally, like, I feel like I literally wrote that down. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, like, get a painting made of brilliance beckons genius awaits to, like, put in my house. <laughs> because, like, but that's, like, there's so many moments in the movie where, like, these are, like, good nuggets. Like, these are, like, gems yeah. of, like, things to remember. Like, a child with an imagination sure. always belongs. Like, that meant something to me, and I'm 23 years old. Like, imagine what that means to, like, a 10-year-old who, like, yeah. watches this movie and is like, I want to be a filmmaker. I want to be a whatever. Yeah. Um, that's just awesome. So, I don't know. This movie just made me feel really good. Um, I, even watching it the second time, I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I just appreciate that. Yeah, just... It, it, it really did feel like Christmas, but... Mm-hmm. It, it, it feels like a Christmas that I could have had at my house. Mm. And that's really all, that's the best thing that I could say about the movie, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like I could, I could gush about this movie for literally forever, like two more hours. Yeah. Um, was there anything you, <laughs> I mean, like, not to end on a bad note, but like, was there anything you didn't like about the movie or anything that you wish was done a different way? Or um, I can't really say things I wish I would have, one of been a different way. Like it's, it's hard to talk about movies without really. It's always just better to accept them for what they are and talk about why the decisions I think were made in the first place. Like I said, one of the things that's interesting is just acknowledging family dynamics, familial roles, and kind of like how the characters play off of each other. Like um, we know that. In the beginning of the movie, uh, Dronicus's family this is everything to him. But I think the whole what we what we imagine as like your average family completely falls apart in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like I said before, that pain carries with Jessica because I think it it's it's interesting. It, it was it was a choice that was made. That she didn't drop Journey off with Journey's dad, you know. We don't even meet Journey's dad. Um, and But like I said, it's, it's good to see that she's still a whole person. She still, she has like a complete heart despite all the things that she was missing in her life. So, yeah, I think um, things like that are interesting to think about. But it's also what makes... The ending's so special because all those characters came together. And like I said, uh, the whole one or 360 relationship with Gufferson. Gustafson. Listen, when I, the only reason I remember his name is because I wrote it down. Like, I think if I was trying to recall it, like, <laughs> like I remember, I even, I remember the first time I watched the movie, I was like, what's his name? <laughs> like, yeah. You, Gufferson. You got me. <laughs> Gustafson, yeah. But I, I, I can't help but feel like, you know, I, the movie's great because Dronix has a daughter and then his granddaughter is kind of reincarnated in, in his image again. You know, his, mm-hmm. his kind of will and the whole theme of magic runs into, in their family so strongly. But um, he also kind of forgets throughout the movie that that magic wasn't just it wasn't just what he controlled with his hands it also like radiated off of him onto other people like mm-hmm. the reason why Gustafson wanted to be his apprentice I'm sure was because of that mm-hmm. and we know that they had a relationship despite the fact 
that how he may have felt at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. They had a clear relationship. Um, and similarly with Edison, I think I thought Geronicus was very hardened and like a shattered man. I thought he was so rude to Journey in the middle of the movie. I was like, he was like, get out. Yeah. And I was like, literally, you old crowd. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah. I, I do understand that part of it, part of it, part of what he's, nothing he really ever says, I think we should take at face value, but that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Yeah. And that doesn't mean there isn't a lot of pain behind it. But I think, like I said, um, just looking through all these character lenses and looking how they extend to each other, like, uh, like I said, it it, just, it says a lot, and uh, like I said, for Gustafson's character, that ending that hit for him. It it that hit for me. It was just right. It's sad seeing him get everything he wanted when nothing really mattered in the end. Right, but also like he got it off of someone else's work. Like yeah, I just imagine like he he took the shortcut. Like we said, like he took the shortcut, and that didn't pan out for him. And like I think that shows that it's hollow. Like, he was Toy Maker of the Year, like, a million times. It's like, okay, but... but it doesn't all, mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And I just think, like, you know, if he had taken the time to, like, get better at his craft instead of trying to take a shortcut, like, maybe he could have been actual Toy Maker of the Year, like, with his own work. Yeah. But, like, how how good of a victory is that if it's so hollow? I think it's just sad because if he would have waited... If he would have waited on his teacher to believe in him and he already did his entire life trajectory would have changed yeah um i think the thing that's interesting about the what is he matador oh the yeah matador i think like um diego yeah diego is that he kind of really diego is also played by literally ricky martin oh snap <laughs> like literally ricky martin <laughs> Again, yeah. another like insane person. But anyway, go ahead. I think Diego really represents um, Gustafson's inner self. Mm -hmm. He's a very insecure person, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's why it was so easy for him to give in to temptation. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it's just what could have been is always sad, and I mean there could have been a lot of what could have been for a lot of these characters. But mm -hmm. like I said, they it's it's what makes the ending so. <clears throat> yeah, I mean also we've seen this amazing arc from um Geronicus going from this really hardened like sad man like crab man like you said <laughs> and becoming this just like amazing fully realized person at the end I think it also shows that like it's never too late I feel yeah. like we in this society you know I'm 23 and I feel like I've a failure <laughs> like I feel like I feel like I I've and that goes back to the idea of potential. But, like, I don't want to look back on my life and be like, I wasted my potential. But it's also, like, life is so long. Like, we get yeah. tricked into thinking it's short. It's, and you want to know what's interesting, too? I think this applies to both Gustafson and Geronicus. When you spend so much time looking at back at where you've been, you never really see how far are you gone? Mm -hmm. And I mean, you never, you, you won't, you don't even have the ability to see that you might be several steps away from the success you were yearning for. Mm -hmm. But like for a person like Gustafson, he got caught up. His big break was literally at the end of the day. 
And he didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And he threw it all away. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard because no one wants to blame Jeronicus for ending up in the predicament that he did, but... I don't know if he would have been there for Gustafson sooner. It's like would it would it not have happened? But... Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a totally. I mean, I think, and I think we've all probably been in situations where something's happened, and you're like, "What if I had done yeah. something a minute earlier? What if I had left the house two seconds later, or you know, all that stuff?" And it's crazy how much your life can change in like a split second. And I mean, I think I honestly think not to go back to pandemic in 2020, but like I think that's like part of that, like. We've all had things that if, like for me, I had a, uh, to go a little off topic, I had like a job offer that I got like two seconds before, like two seconds before the whole <laughs> world shut down. And then it fell, fell through because they went into a hiring freeze. And I just think I'm like, what if I had gotten that job offer two weeks earlier or two months earlier? Yeah. Because they told me they were going to send me like the one to sign. Like I just got the verbal one on the phone. And then they couldn't send it to me because of the hiring freeze. And like, I just think I'm like, you know, my life would be so different. And I don't know if it would be better or if it would be worse, or I don't know if any of those things, but yeah, I mean, it's really crazy. Like life can change so quickly and things out of your control. I mean, Jeronicus was literally like, my life is set. Like I have this thing and I've created this thing and it's going to change the toy industry and everything. And it was gone. I think another i think the the other side of that coin is to count your blessings mm-hmm. um i think a lot of these characters had a taste of everything they wanted and then just like that it, it was either ripped away from them or they realized they never really had it at all um yeah i i don't know i i, I just see i think the reason why i'm obsessing so much about gustafson and Jeronicus's relationship is because i feel like Despite despite the fact that it makes sense why he would have an apprentice and an apprentice would have everything to gain, I can't acknowledge that there might have been like a father figure dynamic there. Mm-hmm. And seeing what would have been, I feel like ties that all together so much more. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think somebody that worked so closely with him, you would think that he would have brought him in on the happiness, and he, he kind of missed that. And that's why I kind of understand why he rebelled. Like I said, I don't think that moment of weakness that he had doesn't validate the decision he made. But it kind of comes down to, yeah, when people's emotions, mm-hmm. when, you, when they get twisted, people act out. It's, yeah. It, I mean, yeah, nobody could really predict what would have happened and how and why, but... Yeah, it was sucky. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the overarching message of the movie is, like, believe in yourself, have faith, like, you okay. are the square root of possible, you are, you have everything in you that you need, you know, like, you, like, okay, like, everybody needs to go to school or learn or all that stuff, but everything you need to get you to the end is in you, you just need to, like, believe in yourself and, you know push past all of that because like it'll work out as but you have but that's that's it's it's seemingly impossible task sometimes but yeah yeah, i mean like journey said like square root of impossible is me and it is it's all of us um it was all of them yeah it was all of them all i mean jeronicus had it in him all along journey just helped him but it's not like he couldn't do it without her but 
sometimes that's all we need or sometimes you need just a little bit of shake up in your life you know a push and that can be a lot of things but yeah i mean everything is in us all along so i think we can end on that note (laughs) on the note of you know faith and obviously as you can tell from this entire episode we definitely recommend watching jingle jangle um it's a good movie obviously it's a good family movie so you can watch it with i watched it with my parents and they loved it so it's definitely a good family movie um or to watch with your friends and maybe you can make a podcast um okay well daniel any final words any last thoughts period period i like it okay well uh i haven't figured out a sign off yet and i've just been doing this thing at the end of every episode where i just say see you later and then i blow a little kiss so do you want to do it with me i have to do both of those (laughs) (laughs) i'll say see you later and then we can blow a kiss together okay? okay ready all right see you later Mwah. You have to make the sound. Oh. <laughs> I, you also said that. <laughs>